the wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But it was a beginning. Hello and welcome. This is The Wind Was a Beginning, the podcast where three nerdy friends talk about Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. This is season one, episode 15. We know what happened to Narg. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. This week, we are excited to bring you a very special episode here from The Wind Was a Beginning as we are wrapping up Season 1 and the first book of The Wheel of Time. We're wrapping up The Eye of the World, so we're excited to be able to do that tonight. My name is Justin, and Stephen and Michelle are here with me as well. Say hi, guys. What's up, guys? Hello, everyone. And, man, it's just going to be a great night. We have some fun things planned. Going to kind of talk about some favorite moments, some favorite characters. We're going to look at a few book covers and and, and even get into some things uh, from the story that um, may still be a mystery, may have been revealed to us. I don't know. We're going to see where that leads us. So we're glad that you're along for the ride. Um, If you haven't read the book... Uh, chapters 1 through 53, uh, hit the pause button and go ahead and read that before you listen in with us uh, in this episode. But we hope you've been hanging around all season, and that would mean that you have read through uh, the Eye of the World with us. So we're excited to do that. But if you if you want to stop and go read it, go and take a few hours and and do that, and we'll still be here when you get back. So Stephen, Michelle, how are y'all doing? Doing all right, you know. I, I ran into a bee today, so I'm a little bit shaken up. But Uh-oh. other than that, <laughs> feeling pretty good. <laughs> oh man, it was such a beautiful day uh, today. I, I mean, it was it, it was like my perfect day. Maybe a little on the warm side, but if you got into the sun, but oh, it was just the perfect day today, and I loved it. Spent a little bit of time See? outside and. Uh, uh, Took care of a wasp nest that was on my on my front porch. Oh and, no! Uh, but it, it's gone. No no worries about that anymore. But uh, everything else is great. That's how you can tell right now that we live in different parts of the country because my day was the exact opposite. Oh really? Oh, was started it? off started off with a legitimate lightning storm. What? Oh, no. Okay. Uh, so I was a couple hours late getting to start work because we couldn't go outside. Right. Uh, and then it turned into just downpours, thunderstorms, and oh. rain throughout the afternoon. What oh. in the world? Well, I'm probably gonna have that. See, I'm I'm probably gonna have that day in a couple of days because I always get your weather a little bit later because yeah. I'm a little bit further uh, to the east. So um, you know, it, it's probably gonna be a little rainy and stormy here uh, i don't want any of that yeah i think it's gonna skip north of you michelle hey thank goodness i mean today it was kind of like a disney movie you go out and the birds are chirping bees everywhere it was actually it was actually kind of terrible i like the i like the feel i just hate uh, god critters 
<laughs> it's oh, too wow. much. <laughs> no, I have this. I I have my my uh, my desk set up. I have my my own, my home office, and my desk sits like right under a window. So I'm sitting here all day when I should be working, looking out my window, watching critters and birds and neighborhood cats come through the yard and. Occasionally, I'll get a, a a herd of deer come through my yard. I mean, it's just uh, it, this is this is a wonderful time of year for me. But except for the allergies, I don't like the allergies. Oh man, absolutely! Uh, <laughs> uh, apologize, uh, apologies ahead of time, everyone. If you hear me sniffle, I've been uh, trying to take care of it. But man, yeah, listeners, mo- mm. many of you probably know exactly what we're talking about because you've probably dealt with it too. So, but. Enough about uh, the weather and things like that. <laughs> that. That is such old people talk too. Aren't, like, isn't it? <laughs> like, uh, we really uh, reached that point of our lives when we talk about the weather. Oh my uh, goodness! Well, you know, uh, we're not that old, but we're not uh, we're not that young anymore either. Oh um, man! But let's 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 get into this. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this episode. First of all, because, you know, I've really enjoyed so much reading this book again and just getting to talk about it with you two and share it with our listeners. But also coming to this episode also means another thing. We're on the verge of starting the next book. And I'm excited about that yep. as well. So uh, it's it's just going to be so much fun. So I want to start, let's talk about some overall impressions just of the book in general. And I, I I want to go first because I, I, I actually think I already um, kind of gave my overall impression towards the end of last week's episode. And because I said that I felt like this story in many ways is, is very self-contained. I am very glad that it's a, you know, 14 book series that we still have so much left to go and there's so many mysteries to be revealed and so many answers to questions that we have right now that I know are going to get revealed before it's all said and done but this book if 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 there were not a book after it if this was the only story as I said last week we probably wouldn't be sitting here talking about it every week like we do but it's a complete story I mean yes there are some little nuggets and seeds that push you or, or get you curious about things to keep you reading into the next book. But I think it stands alone fine by itself. You get the, you know, the humble beginnings and uh, it really does follow the, the hero's journey in many ways. The humble beginnings, the, the wise mentor who you get separated, the hero gets separated from for a little while. And then it all comes back together in the end. And, the day is saved. That's what we have in this book. I, I think, anyway, I don't know. You guys might might disagree with that. Uh, and I think, Michelle, you did disagree with me a little bit No, I completely disagree. I completely disagree. I don't think this is a, no, not a complete story at all. There's so many, and this is not in a bad way. This is great for a series, of course. Um, you know, there's tons of holes and so much that needs to be answered, which is great for a series. Um, but if this was a book by itself, I would not be satisfied. I'd have so many questions. Um, I I feel like, I mean, you could already tell uh, towards the end of the book that 
I'm, that there's, I, I mean, yeah, he he defeated quote unquote the dark one, but we know that that's not true. Um, I don't know. There's so many holes. Like, where's Tom? What happened to Narg? I mean, we like there's so many answers that need to be. There's so many questions that need to be answered. But overall, though, I, I'm he's a you know sometimes when um, a writer is, I'm assuming this is Robert Jordan's like first and only like series. Like this is his first book. I feel like uh, no. Oh. What was the first? Um, I don't know if it was his first, but before he wrote this, he'd also written some Conan the Barbarian. Oh, Conan the Barbarian! Wow, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, can I can as I far inter- as... can I interject? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Narg was run through with a hair and mark blade. We know what happened I... to Narg. I was he decapitated? No. He was run through with a hair and mark blade. Narg is dead. Uh, guys, mm, mm. it's not dead until... I've watched Paranormal before. You're supposed to sprinkle salt on them and burn the body. Michelle So Michelle until, has, <laughs> until I get that scene... Body. Yeah, until I get that scene, it's, he's still alive. She's um, never going to trust us that anybody is dead no, again after a uh, Absolutely pain. not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Actually, no, I can't trust you guys with anything, really. From the yeah, well, we'll we'll get into the mistrust, but um, but I was I was gonna say like for a first book in a series, he he's a great writer just in general. His his um his writing just flows. You guys know what I mean when you're you're kind of a book nerd. I feel like Stephen King kind of has the same thing going on. Certain or the other great um writers have the same thing going on, where it's such an easy flow, no awkward sentences. You don't have to really you don't have to rewrite it in your mind as you're going. You can just kind of dive into the story, and that's why I appreciate Robert Jordan. He's, I mean, just a great writer. Not even just the story, just just in general, like really talented, um, as far as writing goes. Uh, what do you think, Stephen? I have we already know what you think, but what what were you thinking about? I guess this entire experience. Um, hmm. So I have a lot of feelings about this book. Um, it's probably. Um, outside of the Bible, the book I've read the most in my entire life, um, this one I've reread at least 10 times. Wow. Uh, and every single time I absolutely love it. Uh, so, it, you know, my overall impressions is a little mix between the two of y'all. I think, yes, it is a self-contained story, but... I agree with Michelle in that if this was the end, I would not be satisfied. Like, he wraps everything up at the end in a way that is satisfactory for a story to complete itself. But there are so many things, so many questions that he seeds throughout. He does such a good job of putting in little Easter eggs and breadcrumbs. Uh, and a lot of them, you guys have no idea how much stuff he laid the groundwork for in this first book. Uh, if none of that ever got paid off, I wouldn't feel the same way I do about this book. But because it does, I absolutely love it. I honestly just kind of view this first whole book as the prologue to the series, basically. It's uh, your introduction to the world, and I, I absolutely love it. It's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, c- I can vibe with that, that, you know, I, I don't disagree about, you know, needing to have those questions answers. My point was, uh, you know, more along the lines of what you were saying at first, Stephen, it is a, it, it's a complete story within itself. 
Yes. But there are is. those those nuggets and Easter eggs that make you want to keep going on to yeah. the next book. And that's something for me that in my experience with reading Robert Jordan, reading The Wheel of Time is especially when I get to the end of a book, I automatically the first thing I want to do is go to the next one and open it up and just start reading all over or start reading the next book just right that second. So uh, that's why I'm glad we're not wasting a whole lot of time uh, getting into the next I one. Did, so. I did that exact thing with the audiobooks uh, the year before we started this podcast, where that was the only thing I read or listened to. I started with one and went all the way through to the end. Wow. It took me about two and a half months wow. uh, to get through the whole thing. Uh, but it, that's the, that is, oof. Such a good way to do it. <laughs> that's my that's my that's my usual habit. So it's like I'm distracting myself with other graphic novels, other books, and everything because that's that's my usual. But I will say this, Michelle. I'm a little bit. I guess this is the petty side of me coming out, but I kind of like the fact that you guys are having to go slower through it because once upon a time I had to wait years between books. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> We we are, and and I know it's probably not as much of a gap, but we are Harry Potter nerds. Oh, absolutely. We remember the time between book four and book five. Yes, we do. Um, so <laughs> we having we, we to know. having to pre order or reserve at the library or who knows what, <laughs> uh, and then avoiding all of our meager. Outlets. Thankfully, we didn't leave, live in we, the digital age too much. Well, we didn't. Yeah, say we didn't have yeah. as much uh, as much spoiler potential then as we do now. But uh, what a time! Yeah. All right. Listen, J.K. Rowling didn't die after writing book five of Harry Potter. That's true. <laughs> you didn't have to understand that is the true. absolute shock and dread of you being partway through a series and the writer dies and no one knows if it's ever going to happen again. If he wrote the rest of them and they're just sitting there, we knew nothing. <laughs> hey, well, some, of us, some of us follow the name of the wind. So we're just uh, sitting here. And, and eventually <laughs> we're probably going to experience that with song of ice and fire. So we don't want to, we're not like, uh, we're not putting that into the universe. We're just saying some of us are still. Sitting I've already there decided the song of ice and fire is never going to finish. Probably Whoa. not. Whoa, guys! Probably not. But th this isn't this isn't a, a, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. This is a Wheel of Time podcast. So let's keep uh, let's keep talking Wheel of Time. Yes. But hey, listeners, if you do want to start a support group, uh, feel free to reach out to us through email. <laughs> <laughs> the the wind was a beginning at gmail dot com. Uh, if you need some support <laughs> while waiting through George R R Martin or Patrick Rothfuss, <laughs> but uh, but let's keep on going. All right. I think I'd like to move us into our next little section here, and uh, let's talk about some of our favorite moments that happen in the book. Um, I'll go first, if y'all don't mind. Go for it. Oh, go for it. Okay. Uh, so, as strange as it's probably going to sound, uh, one of my favorite moments is the very first moment. It's the prologue, Dragon mm. Mount. Ooh. Uh, the setup, the stakes, the sheer magnitude that is of everything that is laid out there, uh, 
it's just such a perfect prologue. It hooks you in and just makes you want to figure out what's going on in this world. I just, I love it. All the prologues and all the books are great, but especially the first one here with Dragon Mount, I just love it. It, You know, it's so different. uh, And you, you end up, you know, with these two, and the whole thing is two characters that you, you know, they're not going to be the characters you're following when you get into the main chapter, but they do so much to build and shape this world and our perceptions of it. It's uh, a great prologue. Yeah, like, it really prologue is. Prologue-wise, it's a good prologue. It really is. It sucks you right into the story. So, and it's it's yeah, not I even think... it's not even the story that you're going to be reading, like you said. It's, it's something yeah. that happened thousands of years before, but still it sucks you right in. But it's really good in that um, even throughout, like throughout the entire time I was reading Eye of the World, I always thought back to that prologue. So, I mean, it's yeah. not something you're reading about, but at the end of the day, it's like really, um, really relevant. Yeah. Like finally, an author that writes a true prologue. I think outside of that, my favorite, if I had to pick one other, um, it's probably going to be the Mordith scenes in Shadow Logoth. Um, because that's the moment where you really get that hone in on that horror vibe and you really see like the first appearance, like we had monsters when we had the Merdral and we had the Trollocs and those are scary, but Mordith is something altogether different. Uh, it's this evil that seeps to the core. It's an evil that's formed by our own human emotions and paranoias, uh, and it to see it come to life in that way that he does in that treasure room uh, just kind of changes for me the whole, like when I was f- remembering back to when I was in middle school, when I first read that, it completely shifted how I saw this world and these books. Uh, so those are probably my two favorite moments in the eye of the world. Justin, what about you? All right. Well, I'm going to start with one more, I guess, comical and I mentioned this when we were in that part of the of the season, that moment while they're in the ways and something is mentioned about how intently men was looking at Rand when they were in Bearlawn and Egwene, <laughs> you know, kind of takes a uh, some kind of exception to that. And then Perrin just offhand mentions, uh, mentions Arab and she she chokes on not Arab, but Aram and she chokes on her tea. And then Matt, being the consummate best friend, brings up Els Greenwell. And it's just, I, I literally, when I read that scene, I laughed out loud. I don't often laugh out loud when I'm reading a book, but I literally laughed out loud um, in reading it. And I'm li- using literally, you know, in the actual sense, not like a little, you know, I, literally. But seriously, I did laugh about that. But on a more serious note... um, I, I, there, there are several scenes from when I've read this book in the past that have always stood out to me. One is, uh, I believe it's in Berlon where Moraine grows like taller than the, that scene has always stood out to me. Of course, the Shatter Logoth scenes stand out to me. Uh, meeting Elias stands yeah. out to me, but I, from, from this read through, I think, the scene that is going to linger with me and I would maybe say is my, my favorite moment is from, I think even last episode when they wake up the morning after 
Rand's battle with Baalzaman in the Green Man's Garden, or what's left of the Green Man's Garden. And Loyal goes over to the oak tree where the Green Man died and sings so that that tree will be preserved and not give in to the blight. It was just so raw and emotional. Like, and, and you can just, you can picture it in your mind. And it's, I mean, it's, it's an economy of words. It doesn't take very long to describe, but it was, to me, it was so raw and emotional. And I felt that I, I, it almost, you know, brings a tear to my eye just thinking about it and maybe thinking about the pain that Loyal was feeling at the loss of the green man, but just what he fed into preserving that tree. Oh, and, um, also, all the kitty cats at the Queen's Blessing. I was waiting for you to say. I was, I was like, really? That's maybe, maybe, favorite scene. Maybe I should. Maybe I should save them for favorite characters. <laughs> I was like, what are you? Um, um, I guess. Um, as far as my favorite moment goes, I, there's a couple of them. Uh, one of my one that gave me goosebumps was when uh, Perrin. You know that moment where they were. Uh, um, what was it? Captured by the white cloaks. And Perrin had finally, like, one of the wolves had reached out to Perrin mentally, and he'd finally kind of started talking with them. Um, I thought that, that was pretty awesome, and I like I like a good werewolf story anyway. And then another, um, I uh, apart from the apart from the prologue, that you know that moment where his wife was clearly like dead, and he was shouting for her, which I thought was pretty. Um, I can't even say that's pretty awesome, but I I like that scene. Um, Apart from that, what really drew me into the book um, and my one of my favorite scenes was when they were um, Tam and uh, Rand were inside, you know, of the cabin cooking dinner, relaxing, and then boom, like Trollocs just like bum rush into their house because uh, that just took me by surprise. I was not expecting that at all, so I really did like that. I like a good, I, I don't know, yeah. I like a good shock scene, and that was that was crazy. Michelle, can I can I ask you a question? Um... Are are you operating under the, uh, I, I guess, the impression that Perrin is basically a werewolf, or going to be a werewolf? Kind of, yes. Okay. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to to get your your take on that because uh, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't I, feel, like, you I don't feel that way. I'm calling him a wolf brother, but I'm like, uh, well, I, I, <laughs> I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I don't feel that way. But I just wanted to wanted to get your take on it. But I. I I, I'm waiting for him to transform. I will say okay. that. I'm like, I'm like, we're, we're on the edge there's, of this. There's, there's something to be said for her theory, Justin. I mean, I don't know that I buy it wholeheartedly, but there's definitely some, some things. Yeah. Because I'll say like all these different fantasy books has their own take on fantasy in general. Like, like from the Fae to vampires, werewolves, trolls, you know, everything has their own take on it. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is well, their take on werewolves. Obviously, obviously, he, maybe not he even does, werewolf, but a wolf. He does have, you know, certain wolfish qualities that we start to pick up on you know, with his eyesight and uh, things like that. But I think what I was getting at was like the lit- the literal interpretation of a werewolf. Oh, uh, no, I, I I just feel like it's something that's. I feel like he's transforming somehow. Okay. Uh, because his because his traits are getting stronger and okay. stronger and okay. stronger. So I don't know what it's going to be called, but I don't so, think Perrin is going to be like one hundred percent human for long. Okay, all right. 
And I guess that kind of leads me into like, I, I want to even talk about like what our favorite characters are because one of my favorite characters is actually two of them. It's Elias, um, first off, because I'd like, I, I mean, like I said, I like a good wolf story. Um, I like how mysterious he is, how straightforward he is. And of course, my very first favorite character, Tam, even though we only got a short bit of him, um, he just has so much mystery about him, in, including how I, I want to see him fight some more. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see him use that sword. I feel like he has some kind of fantastic story that we don't know about yet. Um, so I, I like I like them both for that reason. They have so much mystery behind them. You definitely want to see the justification for Tam owning a Blademaster sword. And I want him to meet Lamb, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I want him to meet Lamb. Because I just feel like I feel like they'd have a great conversation, something that we'd want to listen to. Or they'd both sit there, stare at each other, and not say a word. <laughs> I have to no, seriously, seriously, just just it's just going to be their eyes and and them huffing and puffing. Stephen, yeah. I have to I have to ask, like, what's your favorite character? Oh, from from okay. this book. From this okay, book. From this, from this book. Only this. <laughs> so, okay, I need to qualify this. Uh, let, let y'all decide here. Or, so are we talking, oh, if I took this book in a vacuum, so not just a character that's in this book, but a character I have to decide based I, only on stuff that yes, happens based in this, only I would on say, this book. I would say based on what we know about them at this point, at the end of the Eye of the World. If you say Egwene, oh, I'm like, I will be shocked. I can't even oh, do it. no. Def- okay. Definitely not Egwene. Okay, okay, so you can move forward. You can move on. Yeah, uh, no, Egwene doesn't even meet my top. Thank ten. you. Okay, uh, let me think. Oh goodness, that's a really tough question because I have <laughs> to think about. Um, so I think if we're gonna just the only thing that comes into it is this book, it's gonna be probably loyal. Okay. Um, he's just so genuine. And he his perspective just brings so much. He's wise in ways that he doesn't understand, yet very young and new in a yeah. lot of the ways of the world that people get. So he's this fun little way of looking at things right now. He has all this deep, ancient knowledge that they don't have, but when it comes to common everyday things, he's completely out of the loop because he's been basically raised in isolation. Uh, much like our <laughs> our village folk, yeah. but he he has an innocence about him. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like he's he's uh, almost a hundred, but he's so young at the yeah. same time. And and it's it's endearing. Yeah. So and he's much to his name's credit, loyal is loyal. Like yes, he is. yeah, he he is uh, very much sticks by his friends, even though you know. He doesn't have any need, like, there's no reason for him to have to go half the places he goes, but he sticks with them. And he'll say it's because, you know, he wants to be there to to meet the green man, or he wants to go see the grove here and there. But really, he just wants to be a friend. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. He's using those things as excuses. You know, it's just, he's my favorite out of this book. If I had to pick a second, I probably would default to Rand. Uh, just because he is the hero of this story. If you look at just this book all by itself, I mean, he's the one we spend most of our head time with, and he's the one that fights the big bad at the end of the book. Um, so, I mean, if I had to pick a second one, I'd probably pick Rand, just because of 
his importance to the story in this book. Okay, that's fair. What about you, Justin? I, you know, I think I might have a little bit of the same issue that you do, Stephen, because I do have <laughs> further experience with these characters. So I have to think of it in terms of of what's going on in the eye of the world and what we know at this point. But exactly, you know, for me, um, I, I guess one of my at least to, for me one of the my favorite character arcs, we might say, and and I guess this would tie into to the favorite character as well would be parents and yeah. you know, which one, one thing I, and I, I mentioned this before that I admire about admire about Perrin is his stoicism that he's, he's very thoughtful about many things. Uh, you know, he's always kind of the, the calculating thinker wanting to make sure he does things, you know, the right way. But then the journey that have, I think, you know, maybe other than Rand, and I don't even know that Rand's is, is as pronounced as Perrin's, except for maybe right there at the end. But the journey that he goes on from, you know, just being a blacksmith's apprentice to yeah. going on this adventure, meeting Elias, realizing that he also is a wolf brother, and then starting to take on some of these wolfish characteristics. Uh, I think it's really great character development and... I look forward to, you know, reading more uh, about that in the books to come. I do want, I was just thinking about this a moment ago. I want to give an honorable mention to Master Gill of the Queen's Blessing. That man was a hero because without him, I, I don't think Rand or Matt would have made it. Uh, That's he true. he was an absolute hero, an honorable man, a truly nice person, a good not not nice but good person. Um, plus, yeah. all those kitty cats, you know, <laughs> gotta well, love them. I I had something I wanted to bring up real quick. I think sure. I mentioned this to Justin back in like the second or third episode. Um, but I wanted to hold off on saying anything about it until Michelle had more of a depth of understanding of who the characters are. But so, Michelle, you know when you're reading a book and you, like, are figuring out in your head, like, you, like, picture them in your head, like, I, after you, like, how they look and who and they are, like, going. you know, sometimes you'll base them off of, like, an actor or something that pops into your head that you think would fit that person or whatnot, or you just create this person in your head. You know, well, oddly enough, I don't have the face. I just have the look. You know what I mean? Right. But I see, yeah. Well, I'm a very visual person. And so for me, I full on envision what they look like. So I started reading this book in middle school. Wow. Uh, by the t- And so when I picture Perrin, I picture Justin. What? <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. I don't even, I don't Justin even have curly is hair. my Perrin. <laughs> That is hilarious. But back then you had long, shaggy hair. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Uh, Back then I did. But Justin's Uh, personality, just from the get-go, when I started reading Perrin, especially back then, it just made me think, Justin. And so in my mind, whenever I read a Perrin section, whenever I'm seeing Perrin doing something, it's Justin doing it in my head. (laughs) What's the name of uh, Thor's brother? Uh not, no, 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 not not like actual Thor, the actor, because I don't know the name of actors' names and stuff. Oh, you're talking the about Tom, Tom Hiddleston? 
Uh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about like. Uh, I'm not talking about Loki. I'm talking about who plays Thor. Oh, What's Chris the name Hemsworth. Of his brother? Chris Hemsworth plays Thor. Oh, Liam's Hems- Liam Hemsworth. Liam bro- Hemsworth. His brother Liam is probably. I, I picture about. Liam um, Hemsworth. Uh, when you I you know think he of would Perrin. he would make a good Perrin. Um, especially with uh, if he had like a little bit of a beard or something, he just kind of uh, that's kind of the look that Perrin gives off to me. Except if he was like a little bit taller, <laughs> like that's okay. what I'm thinking. Okay, th- 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 oh. this is. Oh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to one day in the future do like oh. a a fan casting episode. <laughs> yeah, we do actually. Like we put really our favorite oh, actors I'm struggling in so hard roles. not to say something right now. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, let's let's move on before before Stephen gives yep. away something. Uh, I think he should say it, but that, okay. he, that he doesn't want to give away. No, nope, I can't. No, no. Can't. Let, let's. Nope. We're we're gonna, we're gonna move on. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the book covers. Um, I, I, I selected a few. Uh, obviously, there are many more than the ones that we're going to talk about. But listeners, we will make sure that a link to each one of these is in the show notes so that you can look at them as well. Um, many of them, if you've read these stories before, you may be familiar with. We're going to start with um, what is the classic um, American cover of the book, the original one that Stephen and I both uh, picked up when we first started the reading the series back in middle school. Uh, and, and guys in your doc, I put both the, like the full artwork and then one that has the, the title and the text, text. on it as well. Okay. But let's look at the, the full artwork. I guess we spend our time with that. And, you know, this was um, our cover for the eye of the world for a long time. You've got the, um, obviously in the foreground and what would have been on the front cover, you have what is supposed to be Lan and Moraine on Mandarb and Aldeeb leading a column of villagers out of the village that you can see down at the bottom left of the, uh, of the, the painting or the image course that would have been on the back and then uh full moon flying overhead is a dracar yeah um this was this was our our i guess our first introduction to the world of robert jordan so uh what do you guys think about this one you know oddly enough uh when i think about it i'm okay so just off the cuff if i'd seen this cover i wouldn't have touched the book <laughs> um, no, just because it, it, it just, it, it looks so boring to me. You know what I mean? Mm. As far as a cover goes, it just doesn't look interesting, but I do understand that this is what covers looked like, you know, back then with that mass paperback, um, yeah. version. Um, but I, yeah, as far as like attraction and, and making me want to like read the book, this definitely would not have done it for me. And also, I find that very interesting. Now that I'm looking at the cover, I usually don't analyze covers when I'm reading a book. I just jump right in because I want to picture it myself. Um, seeing the size of Lan in comparison to Moraine, I didn't. She didn't come off as tiny to me. Oh well, he, no, they he, make reference to that a couple of times. Yeah. Moraine like, is tiny. very small. Yeah, he's oh, also okay. um, he's also on a much taller horse too. Moraine is known to be like. Even amongst the women, she is short. Yeah, like That's funny. She's a she's a little woman, but she's powerful. That's part of the dichotomy yeah. there. Uh, you know, when someone's personality and confidence is so great that you just they come off as taller to you. 
Uh, so that's kind of, I yeah. think, my thoughts with Moraine. Like, I, I keep and, on, I wasn't expecting that. And and aren't there aren't there moments besides that moment in in Berlon when it's mentioned that you know she seemed larger than she actually was because of her yes her presence yeah yes so, yep uh, it's definitely you know interesting that you would take that my only thing I guess I would say is why is Ran uh, why is Lan wearing a helmet yeah where did this helmet come from <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like I'm like where did this come from so is he a knight. He's, he's never <laughs> mentioned wearing. The only thing he's ever mentioned wearing on his head is the uh, the the corded braid that he wears across his forehead and ties his hair back with. Uh, he never mentions him wearing a helm of any kind. So like, yeah, Who is this so knight we have here. One of the things you have to understand is the artist. Uh, you know, he's given a certain description of like a scene or something to make the cover. But he's not right. given like detailed intrinsic details. So a lot of this is artistic interpretation on on the part of the artist. You know, yeah. he's given a description of the person, and then he kind of just takes his liberties to do as he wishes. Because I mean, like you see, the person right behind Moraine and Lan has a sword on his back, so that would have to be Rand. True, but the way he looks looks nothing like how Rand is described. That's true. <laughs> and I've actually I've actually seen a a mock up of this painting with. Like the actual character descriptions inserted, yeah. you know, in place of the ones that are here. So if you want to look that up, listeners, you can probably find that pretty easily. But let's uh, let's move on to the next one because uh, I want to. Uh, we still got some more stuff we want to cover uh, before we're done. But uh, we're going to move on to the Kindle or the ebook cover, uh, and I, I really like this series of covers when they first released them. As ebooks because they're very simple and uh, depict scenes from the books in different ways than what we were getting with the original covers. This one has uh, what other scene can this be except for Rand on the spray? I, I like this one. It looks yeah. it looks realistic. Uh, you know what I mean as far as covers go. Um, I like this one actually. Yeah. So we we've got Rand yeah. pretty much looks like he's hanging from the rigging of a ship. Just hanging on, uh, much as he was, you know, when he was uh, on uh, Bail Doman Spray, heading downriver. Were they heading to White Bridge at that time? Yeah, towards White Bridge. Yep. Now, one one feature that I noticed that I don't think I'd ever picked up on before is this uh, uh, looks like some kind of tower in the background. Oh. Which I remember. Uh, in those scenes, while they were traveling downriver, there was one moment where, off in the distance, there's a metallic tower that is uh, seen. And I'm pretty sure it's never mentioned again. I don't think we ever find out what that was in the course of this book. Uh, hold that so, thought. As far as I know... There's so many towers in this book. It's, I mean, It's not it's revealed. Like... It's like driving through Atlanta or something. Maybe it's just <laughs> maybe it's just the city. <laughs> but I really do like like uh, this cover. I like again. I like all the covers in the ebook series, uh, and I think they've they've since changed them. Uh, they they now well I know the cover for the Eye of the World now. If you get it on ebook, is the the TV show tie-in, uh, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But for a long time, many of the uh, it had it was what is now the the mass market paperback, which we were not going to talk about because it's it's pretty 
plain and simple. I know you guys it's have just seen straight that to one. the point with some I, snakes. I think I right? like that. I like that. Co- I like the mass market covers, but there's really nothing to talk about on them. So <laughs> they're plain, um, but yet still, um, or I guess we say they're simple. Maybe not plain. They're simple, but also classic. So. See, would you find out anything about that tower, or we just want to move on? Uh, we'll just have to move on. Okay. We okay. might talk. We, There's we nothing talk about else it. I can say. We can talk about it maybe, <laughs> maybe later. I don't remember anything being said about it, so. Uh, yeah, Okay. Not. This German cover. Um, Germany, I love you. That is if we ha- terrible. If we have any listeners in Germany, we love you. Uh, I don't know what your um, cover artists were thinking. Uh, on this on this cover, we have a man holding a sword. A man who looks nothing like any of the characters. An older gentleman. An older gentleman <laughs> with long blonde hair. Looks like he's got a mustache. He has his sword in a scabbard, reaching out his hand like he's asking for something from this he's... large blue dragon sitting on his treasure hoard. It has absolutely nothing to do with the eye of the world except that you know there is a dragon but it's a completely different uh, it looks like he's like asking for five dollars on the side of the street it looks like a panhandler it looks like and and the dragon basically has the facial expression most people have whenever they're in this situation right he's like like, oh my gosh he just saw me can, can i borrow some money like he just he just saw me. Let's keep keep on walking. Keep on walking. Oh wow! It looks terrible. Oh, man. Thanks it, for pointing is... out it's a mustache because I I was I thought it was a facial expression, and now that I zoom in, like okay, yeah, it's a mustache. It looks like a like, mustache to me. Now I, I did see another German cover that was a little bit better than this one, but we just had to. I just had to bring this one up because I terrible. I don't know. And listeners, if you want to try to explain it to us. Uh, please feel free to do so through our email, social media, whatever. But uh, yeah, we're going to move on from that one. Uh, the the Latvian cover again. I was just you know picked a few at random. Wanted to feature a couple of international huh. covers. This one I think is pretty cool. Yes, uh, you either. have you have a male character who because you see him holding the what is that? That's the red heron. Okay, is that the heron okay. marked sword, or is that the ruby hilt to dagger? It's neither, honestly. It's supposed well, okay. to be the sword, but he's got okay. a freaking duck head on the end of that sword. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was, I was going to ask you, like, oh, it's the red heron marked sword. Like, is it an actual duck, or what? Like, what is that? Well, okay, what I was, okay. what I was, what I was is it, it looked to me like there was a little bit of a a red glow at the end of it. So I was thinking it's supposed to be the ruby hilt to dagger. So I was like, okay, this is mm-hmm. matte. And it's like a duck. Well, now that I, I look at it a little bit closer, I see it. It it is it is the duck mark sword. Uh, I don't think that any I don't think any blade masters are carrying that. Um, I don't remember mention of that. I I don't. Yeah. Behind him, what but, is that? Okay, fade? let's 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 be let, let's be straight about it though. It is supposed to be. The Heron Mark Blade. I think we can say that. It's supposed to be. It's are you not. Sure this is a le- Justin, are you sure this is a legit cover and it's not like some fan parody? Yeah, is this? this? Like, what is this? Look, I found this like, on... I, this is I found, this is actually... I, I found it on um, a, a wiki site for the Eye of the World and 
This it was this was this was there. So okay. we're talking about it. Because I think we're gonna give you a link. I think this is I think this is hilarious. I think what we've got here is some kind of a parody. It can't be real. We've got uh, Beelzebub up here in the red cloak. And then we've got Band instead of Rand with his duck sword instead of a Heron Mark sword. I mean, come on. This is <laughs> uh, this is so, I, so weird. Look, I'm not, an, I'm not an expert in book titles or book art. I just, I found it. <laughs> It said it was the uh, a certain like, ti- a, a title, a book. Oh no, cover I'm not. Whatever. When did they pick up a bottle? I don't of doubt moose? you at all. Like, why does Justin? he have moose in his hair? It looks like he just like <laughs> he looks like he sli- What did they get Paul made from? It looks like he slipped his hair to the side. Uh, this is ridiculous. All right. but I do like. Is that a fade in the back and behind? No, it? that's supposed to be Balsamon. Oh come on! No, I'm gonna the, have the to. The blood. I'm gonna have blood, to pass the on blood, this one. The blood red cloak and his eyes and mouth are glowing. That's clearly who it's supposed to be. All right, we're going to move okay on from this it. one. I'm okay with it. We're going to move on. I, it looks cool. With Balsamon. Except, except for the duck head, it looks pretty cool. But And, and <laughs> yeah. I had not noticed the duck head until y'all, you t- Stephen said something. Okay, uh, last one <laughs> is is the TV show tie-in. and uh, I'm sorry, guys. That's my favorite. I like it. I've not watched the TV show before, but okay. I really like it. You like do this you know, thing? Do you yes. know what's Michelle? Do you know what's going on in this image? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. She's staring to the light. <laughs> She's in the light. That what that those two columns she is standing between? Yeah. Is supposed to be a way gate. And of course oh. that's supposed to be Moraine standing by herself in a way gate. Hold on, a way gate like what they walk through to yes. a shortcut? Yes, that is supposed I, to be a way gate. Well, <laughs> I understand the. Unha- <laughs> I just I like I like the way it looked. That is definitely not a way gate. No, it I is just not. Like, I just like the look <laughs> of the cover. It looked cool. <laughs> That's about it. If we're gonna be if you okay, don't have with, context. With, sure. <laughs> if we're gonna be okay with Rand holding a, a literal duck. <laughs> like a duck sword, then you guys are going to let me have this one. I like this cover. All right. Well, <laughs> let, let me just say, I typically don't like like movie or TV show tie-in covers. I, I think it's just a cheap way to try to sell more copies. Uh, so I typically don't like them. I, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan. I really don't like this one because I know what's going on. Um... Is this what happens on the show? Like, is this what the way game this, is? Like, this, this is, is a scene. This is a scene from the show. Oh, oh yes. wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, all right. Yeah. I guess that's their and, interpretation. Uh, listeners, you you may be getting a <laughs> little bit of a tease at what Stephen and I think of the show. I'm not going to say any. I won't say anything good or bad about it right now. But you know, there are everybody is entitled to their opinion. How's I that? always just consider shows, um, like, you know how you're watching a movie about, like, maybe a serial killer or something that's, like, based on a true story? Uh, that's my take on shows about books or or even movies about books. It's like, okay, it's based on this popular series because we're never going to be satisfied. Well, that, 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 that's definitely true. <laughs> but I, but, oh, but I want to say, though, I, I like, the reason I like the movie tie-in it's not even the covers. I like those books because they're. I like the feel of the books. I like the feel of the pages. 
I like the material that they use for pages and I like how large the book is. So for me, it's not even really about the cover sometimes. It's a matter of, I like the printing that they did for the book. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm a really weird book nerd. I, I, I know there's someone out there who does the same thing. I like to sniff the books when I get them, and I feel like <laughs> the pages of this one smells really good. So I, I, I would like, as far as what the books look like, I know I'd like this one the most. Okay, I, I think that I like the ebook cover. Well, actually, personally, I like. We we mentioned the mass market paperbacks. Those are my favorites, really, simply for their simplicity. Um. But I do like the ebook covers as well. So we'll talk. Mine we'll probably the, talk about more of those. Mine are each. the old school covers. I do like the that's old just school nostalgia. covers. But I feel like it's nostalgia because I like the old school Harry Potter covers too. That's true. For the same reason. That's true. It just rem- it just yeah. takes me back. Yeah. Uh that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> we we need to talk about uh, men's visions. Yeah. How about uh, Stephen? Why don't you lead us through this this part of our Okey-doke. episode? All right, so we'll just kind of go bit by bit here, and as we go, um, we'll kind of check off if we think they've been uh, fulfilled or not, and then get y'all's opinions on, if you don't think they've been fulfilled, what they mean. All right, let's go. Sounds good. Uh, So the first one we get is about the entire group uh, as a whole, Uh, and they say that sparks swirl around them. Thousands of them. There's a big shadow, darker than midnight. The sparks are trying to fill the shadow, and the shadow is trying to swallow the sparks. And the sparks are greater after Nynaeve arrives. But they surround everyone when they're together, almost to the point that men said it's blinding when they're all in the same place. Yeah. I mean, I I think... this is multiple meanings. I, I, I feel like this is, you know, kind of... To me, it seems straightforward that they're at the heart of the fight against the shadow. And I also kind of feel like, and I know this might sound off, I feel like it also kind of points out that they're Tavaren. It's like a ton of Tavaren people yeah, together in one group. But but so they're not they're, all they're not kind of... they're not all Tavaren. Really, I just, thought all just, the nine no, all the just the just the three boys are Tavaren. Really, what about Egwene? No, she's not Tavaren. Oh wow! Okay, no. I guess I misinterpreted that. I thought all the nine rivers. No, was no, Tavarian. just the just the three boys. So it's it, it's it's not so much that. I just I think it's. I mean, there could be other interpretations that we may not see until later on. But I it, to me, it just seems that they're kind of at the heart of this. All of this. Oh, of I course. I mean, you've yeah. got you've got three Tavirin. You've got two women who I'm pretty sure we've been told have the potential. To be the most powerful Aes Sedai that have been seen in centuries, if not millennia. Um, plus a an Aes Sedai, her warder. Um, I believe Tom was still with them at that point, so we have the Gleeman. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of potential there. But to me, it's just, it's exactly, you know, what we're seeing there at the center of this fight. And I feel like it's also, um, like, if they're alone, they're not able to, to overcome that darkness, but it seems like the sparks are stronger when they're together as a group. Okay. But so is the shadow. Mm. Well, well I, I don't know what to tell you about so, that, Stephen. It's a balance. It's it's a balance. I think there's a, there's a bit of truth in both of your uh, suppositions here. I think it's definitely, you know, them together fighting against the shadow. I think that's a big part of it, but I do think there is some of the Taviran nature showing through there. 
um, that when all three of those Taviran people are together, that is part of it. That's not all of it, obviously, because the sparks become stronger when Nynaeve's involved. Yeah. So yeah. the more of the group is together, the stronger it is. But I do think there are some hints there at the Taviran nature, um, maybe being a part of that. So okay. uh, any other thoughts on that one before we move to the next? No, no uh, more thoughts. Think, let's let's keep good. it going. All right. So next we come to Egwene and Rand. Uh, she loves you too, but she's not for you. Or you for her, not the way you both want. I feel like this one's a little bit obvious too. Yeah. But um, I also feel like I don't. There's no way. So th- at one point in Eye of the World, uh, Egwene had told Rand that she wants him to be her warder, and I don't think that's going to happen either. But I mean, that's another possible uh, reason that they could be intertwined. But I think they just care for each other. It's just that. Thankfully, the most obvious pairing is not going to happen. Right. I hope well, so anyway. I think we get the, you know, we get the idea put in our heads very early on that these two were, it was practically assumed that they were going to get married. And, yeah, yeah. and it, they, it's they just thought, shy of an arranged marriage. They, they, yeah. they thought that the, they thought the same thing. And obviously there's this element in there that, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, but what I, what I'm, um, what I'm kind of stuck on is the not the way you both want. Mm. So it, it that comes across to me as, okay, you're not going to be romantically connected. Definitely. But there's still going to be a connection. So I almost wonder if, you know, maybe Egwene is on to something about making Rand her warder. It may not be the romantic connection they were thinking about, but it still could be a bond that they would have. I'm I'm just kind of throwing up ideas into the air. I do think there's still a connection there, just not the romantic one that they were thinking. And, about. and there's also a chance too, um, the fact that she's not for you or you for her. She might he might not even be her warder at that point either. It's possible. Like they might not have any possible way to be connected with each other. They they could yeah. even just become a good memory. So I feel like there's that too. I think there's definitely still things to be revealed there, but I think we also get some glimpses of, you know, um, we we get maybe some fulfillment of it, but there's still more to come. Yeah. So moving to the next one, it's pretty simple and to the point. He asks about Egwene, and she just says that she sees much the same as she sees when she looks at Moraine. It's so it's ice because, and eye symbology. I say it's because she's a woman who can channel. And that's it. Simple yeah. as that. <laughs> that's next. how. That, that's why, that's what Egwene is. Just simple. <laughs> next. Yeah. It, she doesn't give any more detail on that, which is a shame. I wish she did. Yeah. Uh, so moving on past them, we come to Lan. Uh, seven ruined towers around his head, a babe in a cradle holding a sword, and something else that she didn't say. Yeah. So obviously the seven towers are the towers of Malkir. Yeah. Um, we got the story about Lan, as a baby, in his cradle, holding a sword as he was pledged as the next king of Malkir. He's the uncrowned king of Malkir. What I'm curious about is what men didn't say. Because she started to add something to that, and then she stopped. Said something about, you know, men like him, there are always so many things around them. So 
What didn't she say? Can you tell me how did how did it end when you said that there's something else that she didn't say? Like what did like what happened? Yeah, I can read it. Yeah, I can read it for you real quick. A babe in a cradle holding a sword and dot dot dot, and then the sentence picks stops and starts a new one. She said. She shook her head. Men like him, you understand, always have so many images that they crowd one another out. Oh, so okay. she alludes to the fact that she sees a whole bunch of stuff around him, so much so that it's hard to pick through them all. Oh, is it like the possibility between, like, this is what his life would be like without Nynaeve, and this is what it would be like with Nynaeve, and this is what his life would be like if he left Moraine, and what his life would be like if he stayed with Moraine? I feel like it's because he has so many areas that he could go in, so many directions. That's my interpretation of that. Could be that yeah, she's seeing possibilities. Yeah, I think uh, I think men, you know, admits you know she doesn't always understand what she sees. Um, yeah, more so, often than not, she doesn't understand what right. she sees. So who knows? All right, and that brings us to everyone's favorite Gleeman, Mister <laughs> Tom Marilyn, uh, who we are told uh, there's a she sees a man, though not Tom, juggling fire. And the White Tower, which is incredibly rare for a man. So, I, do we think I'm, we know what those represent? I'm, I'm gonna let Michelle go first. I've been I've been saying everything. So, <laughs> the White Tower is Tarvalen, isn't it? Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna meet up with Tom at Tarvalen. So we're all good. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> so what do you think about the uh, while, the guy was, juggling fire? So while he was fighting with the Trollocs and everything. Uh, a man came up that was juggling fire. The Trollocs got distracted by that, and that way Tom was able to run away, and he knew that the group would meet in Tarvalen. So right now Tom is on his way to Tarvalen. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the... Well... Now I'm going to stick by it. <laughs> I, All right, Justin? You I don't fill know in things? about... I don't know about the man juggling fire. Um, I do oh. think... Uh, the White Tower... I think is the connect was it his nephew that could channel and was uh. gentled by the Red Aja. So that was yeah. what I think the connection with the White Towers. Like like she said, it's very rare to be seen around men. Um, so there has to be a reason that's there. I think it's that connection with with his nephew. Yeah, and his nephew is the man juggling fire, a man who could channel. I wondered about oh, that, but I did I, the the thing that I guess the thing throwing me off was the the juggling fire. Yeah, the juggling. I, I didn't. Well, really... it's assumed that maybe you know when his nephew was young, maybe just like he taught Matt and Rand to juggle, maybe okay. he taught him to juggle. So it's an allusion to that familial connection. Okay. And then the juggling fire part is him channeling. Him channeling. Okay, that makes sense. What about Perrin? Ah, here we go. Okay. So, a wolf, a broken crown, and trees flowering all around him. Oh, the first one is obvious, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Second one, I feel like it just means that he's not the dragon. (laughs) A thought occurs, and I could be completely off on this, but the moment that... um, The moment that Perrin really kind of first came into his own as a wolf brother was when they're there in the steading fighting the white cloaks. And, and that steading, if you remember, there was a broken statue that was supposed to depict Archer Hawkwing. So maybe that could be a connection with the broken crown. I don't know. I'm kind of fishing here. Uh, I don't know if I'm catching anything. 
Um, You'll get no help from me here. <laughs> Can you tell me who again is Art is is the Hawkwing? I think well, uh, he was the hero or, or a hero, maybe not a hero. I don't know. He was a very prominent figure. Uh, if you Arter Hawk, you mind if I fill in? Yeah, yeah, fill in. So Arter Hawkwing was the king, basically of the known world at one point. So think Alexander oh, okay. the Great meets okay. King Arthur. So he was the guy who united all the nations after the breaking of the world. He fought off the Trollocs and erected basically a massive empire all throughout okay. the continent. So all the nations were a part of his. But then when he died, his children basically got into fights with each other and they broke his kingdom apart. And that's how we ended up with all the nations we have in the current story. Okay. It's basically all of his, his generals, his children, all like nobody, nobody succeeded him on the throne, and so his empire crumbled and shattered into pieces after he died. But he was the great, like, basically how Alexander the Great united the known world under one banner. That's Otter Hawkwing. The trees flowering all around him? I, I don't know if these uh, visions are supposed to just be for this book, but it would be crazy if Perrin became the next green man. Uh, <laughs> I think, Ooh, I think we could probably... I think we could probably safely say that there are some things in these predictions that go beyond this book. Um, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, Even the stuff I, I that know. we've already think now, is fulfilled. You know, it, it, it could be when they're coming back from the blight and they're, you know, moving south and, you know, they realize that spring has sprung. But I do think that the trees flowering around him is, a, is another reference that we just haven't really got an answer to yet. We'll wait and see, I suppose. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll let that. I'll let. I'll give it that. All right. That moves us on to old Maddie boy. All right. So we got a red eagle, an eye on a balance scale, a dagger with a ruby, a horn, and a laughing face. I feel like the laughing face is whatever's trying to overtake him. Huh. That's my take on it. I mean, we already know what the dagger with a ruby is. Um, the horn is uh, what they found. So you think the horn she sees is the horn of Valir? Yes. Okay. I'm going to have to plead the fifth on some of these. Do you think, what are the odds? Okay, this is really <laughs> me going out there. What are the odds that Matt really gets possessed again, steals the horn, and uh, and basically, but then then there's the other thing too. Like, what if Matt is the one that's meant to blow the horn and uh, and bring on the past heroes? So, so it's two things. Either he's going to steal the horn or he's going to blow the horn, or maybe he'll do both. Actually, actually, I think what it is 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 Matt is actually an eagle brother. <laughs> so at some point in the story, he's going to turn into a red eagle, and he's going to take one of the forsaken, pluck out his eye, and put it on a balance scale. No, I'm I'm being completely facetious. No, I think that's the most. That's probably the most accurate. That's probably the most accurate uh, interpretation I've heard today. And and the laughing face is 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 my face right now, thinking of how ridiculous that sounded. <laughs> I think that, that actually that sounds the most that's the most reasonable uh, thing I've heard yet. No, I, I don't, don't think, think so. I don't think we know anything about an eye on a what's an, like an eye on a balance scale. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I think the only one we know for certain uh, at this point is the dagger with the ruby. Yeah. Uh, these others, maybe we can speculate a little bit. I know, Michelle, you mentioned the Horn of Valir. Um, but I think these are things we're going to have to wait and get our answers to. Okay. 
So yeah, so you thought we could only guess at Perrin and Matt. Well, here comes old Rand. Oh boy. <laughs> so here we go. Alright, we have a sword that isn't a sword. A golden crown of laurel leaves. A beggar's staff. Rand pouring water on sand. A bloody hand and a white hot iron. Three women over a funeral pyre with Rand on top of it. Well, dang. <laughs> uh, black rocks wet, wet with blood. Lightning around him. Some striking at him. Some coming out of him. She says that she and Rand will meet again. I want to. I, I want to oh say it's not. There. It's not a, a funeral pyre. It's a funeral no. beer. Uh, he, they're, not, they're not. They're not. They're not burning him. He's just lying dead. I think that one's um, pretty obvious. Is when they found out that he's male Sedai, so they're like, it's it's a Gwen naive and Moraine like <laughs> basically thinking about gentling him. I feel like they think he's like so, destined for death. Basically, that's my interpretation. With with the Rand ones, I kind of want us to go one by one and get y'all's uh, predictions on what they are, if that's okay with y'all. Okay, let's go for it. So, okay. what do you think a sword that isn't a sword is? Oh, uh, the lightning sword. The white sword that he had when he was fighting the, uh, the dark one. Okay, interesting. So what do you think, Justin? Pass. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number two, a golden crown of laurel leaves. Like just like Perrin with a broken crown, I feel like the golden crown of laurel leaves means that he's the he's the dragon. So the broken crown says that Perrin's not the dragon, and yes. the laurel leaf crown says that Rand is. Yes. Mm. Okay. All right. A beggar staff. You know the obvious answer you want to say is like, oh, it's Pat and Fane when he was pretending to be a beggar. But I actually have no idea. Yeah, I think there's something more going on there. With both of those, actually. But the, the crown and the staff. Oh. Same with Rand pouring water on sand. I actually have, like, I... Actually, the next two, like, I'm just like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no no idea on either of those. I don't even have, really. like, I don't have anything on those two. A bloody hand and a white iron. Yeah. Uh, all I know is, at a young age, I learned also that you should not put your hand on a hot iron. It hurts. So that that is pretty accurate. But I have no idea. About Actually, what I, I I have a thought about the white hot iron, but I'm going to keep it to myself for now. So. All right. And you said you think the three women around the funeral buyer uh, are Egwene, Moraine, and Nynaeve? Yeah, thinking they have to gentle him. Pass. Justin. Oh well. All right. Pass. <laughs> What is a buyer? What is that? What it's does that it's mean? like a it's like it's a, a, a buyer that hasn't been lit yet. No, no, it's not. A, 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 it's a, it's actually pronounced beer. Beer. And it's it's like a stretcher that they would carry his body on and then lay it somewhere that he would be that they you know like you would have somebody you know in a casket at a funeral. Um, it's kind of the way this would work. So. Oh okay. Yeah. All right, uh, and then the lightning striking around him, out of him, and at, from him. What is all that? I mean, we all we all saw that. <laughs> I, I I definitely I think that's just maybe maybe talking about his power. There could be something else. 
Because uh, every this is multiple scenes we've had with lightning, so I feel like that's that is what he is. That's his, that's how he channels his power. I feel like it's lightning. But we missed the black okay. rock wet with blood. I have no uh, idea yes. about that one. What do you either. think that is? Yeah, I'm. I'm like, I'm like, one. I'm like, that's that's what he should have done with Pat and Fane when he was following him. Just pick up a rock and smack mm. it against him. But other than that, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. I, I actually have no mm. idea. A black rock wet with blood. Basically, what we're saying with Rand is there are a lot of things here that we're just going to have to keep on reading and find what it, out. What it's saying is he's one of the main characters. <laughs> that's all. The, yeah, <laughs> that's what. It, that's the clue that we're getting here. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the, she wraps everything up by telling Rand that she'll see him again. Thankfully, I liked Min. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her. Yeah. Again. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to to meet Min again. And she's All pretty right. young too, right? Uh, can we talk about her age? She's younger than Egwene, uh, isn't she? No. No, I think she'd be a little bit older. Yeah, she's older than the rest of them. Oh, really? Would she okay. be Would she be older than Nynaeve or close to the same age? Or I'm going to look that up because I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, let's see here. She's old enough to be like a threat to Egwene, so there's that. <laughs> But also young enough to be considered a, a threat, which I don't. I don't. No, that's what I mean. Of... Like a uh, old, old enough or young enough? Because I was thinking she was yeah. younger, and I realized, like, no, Egwene's over here jealous. So I guess so. let's go with the early twenties then. All right. So we established that Rand is roughly nineteen. Uh, Nynaeve is around twenty-three to twenty-four. Uh, Men is okay. So Men and Nynaeve are roughly the same, around the same age. Men is predicted to be somewhere around 22 to 23. Okay. A little bit, a little bit older than, than Rand and the other boys. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so final thoughts. I mean, after we went through the predictions, I mean, after we went through these predictions, I'm really excited for the next books. Cause I want to know what these predictions are about. You know you what guys I mean? Just wanna, you guys just want to go ahead and record season two, episode one right now. Yeah, let's just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I second that. I'm, I'm so excited to uh, get into the next book, get through that one, and get into the next one after that. There's so much. Oh, there's so much that this is going to be so much fun. The rest of this journey, and I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to it. And um, as, as always, uh, white cloaks are the worst. No lies, man. No lies there. <laughs> what about you, Stephen? Give us a give us a final thought. Uh, my final thought is I can't believe this has actually happened uh, <laughs> to have this podcast and to have y'all talking for uh, you know all these episodes and this already planning for next season. Uh, I'm just absolutely still stunned that this is actually reality and is happening. And it's I'm wild, isn't it? it. <laughs> and and we from we Wisconsin. have we have regular listeners. That is so. We, we like, have yeah. we have folks that are downloading this every Tuesday and listening, and I, I, that that's what's so exciting. Can you guys please reach yeah. out through email and let us know who you are because we are yeah. we are we are just as ba- like we're baffled over here. Who are you? <laughs> we, we would yeah, we would we love would we would to love to talk guys. with you. Yeah, so hit us with yeah. hit us with the hit us with the socials and everything, Justin. Absolutely. Well, you know, let's. Uh, Let's uh, guess go into you know wrapping up this episode and our awesome listeners who we are so thankful for. We we're so glad that you're joining us for this every week. We're so glad that you're listening. 
reading along. You're, you're, uh, you know, helping us to be excited about doing this. I think we'd be excited about doing this anyway, but it's even more exciting to know that you're listening and following along every week. Of course, uh, as you know, new episodes are released every Tuesday, and you can make sure you get those new episodes by going to your uh, podcast provider and finding The Wind Was a Beginning and clicking on that subscribe button. That way, as soon as it's released, it'll uh, be right there in your podcast feed. You can even download it and listen to it on the go. Don't have to use any data, anything like that. Uh, you can rate and review. We would really appreciate that and help us to spread the word about this this podcast and this fun time that we're having. Uh, Michelle, those socials are, first of all, we're on Twitter, uh, at Wind Beginning. We're on Instagram, uh, The Wind Was a Beginning. We are on Facebook and uh, on YouTube, The Wind Was a Beginning, a Wheel of Time podcast. And we would love for you to interact with us on any of those. Uh, we I think we each kind of monitor a different one, but we, we still we want to interact with you and hear from you, uh, get to know you a little bit as our listeners. You can also email us. We're at thewindwasabeginning at gmail.com. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say before we talk about uh, next week and the week to come? Hey, just looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to reiterate how thankful I am to all our listeners. Uh, it really means a lot that y'all are taking time out of your days to listen to us talk about this thing that we love. And I still just thank y'all. Yeah. I will echo that sentiment. So next week, uh, maybe as kind of a thank you to everyone who has stuck with us through uh, 15 episodes now. This is episode 15, guys. Episode this is the 15. 15th episode of, of our podcast. Next week, we have a very special episode for you throughout this season at various times. We have been doing some recording some questions and answers, uh, questions from Michelle and myself, answers from Stephen, because he knows absolutely everything about the Wheel of Time. And uh, next week, we're going to share uh, those recordings with you in a special episode that will release on Tuesday in the podcast feed. So be looking forward to that. The following Tuesday, the very next Tuesday after that special Q&A, we will begin season two of this podcast. We will be reading the second book in the series, The Great Hunt. And we will begin that reading with the prologue and the first two chapters of that book. So, Q&A next week, Season 2, Episode 1, The Great Hunt, Prologue, 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 and Chapters 1 and 2 the week after that. So we hope you'll come back for both of those and join with us, have, have fun with us, chat with us in the meantime, and we look forward to being right here with you again next Tuesday. So until then, we will say so long for now. And can't wait to do this again next week. Woo! Night, everybody. Night.